Hello, friends, and welcome to the National Deer Association's Coffee and Deer Podcast with your host, Nick Canizzato, and the doctor, Mr. Mike Groman. Our guest today is Kate Brock. He is a current University of Georgia football player who's introducing people to the outdoors through the DGD Outdoors program. It is very impressive. You definitely want to hear this interview. Uh, I can tell you the doctor and I are impressed and uh, doing some really cool things and introducing people to hunting and fishing that may have never had an opportunity before, uh, which is fits very nicely with what we do here at the National Deer Association. But before we get to the interview, let's say hello to a man that's dusting off his trusty rifle, the doctor, Mr. Mike Groman. Yeah, bow season has really beat me down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it really has. I I waited and waited and waited for the right time, and there was there's never been a right time. But I shouldn't complain. You know, being outside and being like we were texting this morning from the stand. You know, the fact that we can still go and enjoy it is a win. And and I did have a chance at the biggest buck on my place, so um, just opted to pass for you know the reason that I told you, which was he he would not cross the property line i had him at 35 yards had him at 20 yards but he just needed to step across the line and i think we would have had a different conversation well we're going to talk a little deer hunting after the interview uh but things definitely haven't gone as, as we have hoped uh and in terms of deer activity i, I gotta say this is probably the worst for me in recent memory and i think maybe we share that same sentiment yeah, I've been fighting the wind. I t like I was telling you this morning, they have not done a good job. And I, I you know, apologize to, you know, paint the broad brushstroke to any, you know, weather persons out there. But darn, whoever's pumping in numbers from my AccuWeather and like Wonderground up here is just missing the boat. I mean, I, I usually can, they get me in the ballpark where I can go. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this stand. And then I might have to tweak a tree here or there just to get it just right. But this, it's always been way off 90 degrees 180 degrees wrong it's really tough well you and i were texting back and forth this morning because we had nothing else to do and yeah it was supposed to be a south southwest wind and i get in there and mine's blowing like northeast and but i do i look around i mean first of all i will say this anytime there's an s in the wind southwest south southeast it's it's usually not good because it's going to be light for the in the first place Okay, so that means you're going to have variable winds, which is never good in the deer woods. And it also is going to typically come with low pressure or warm, moist air, which also is no good. It's great for your bird dog. It's not good for the deer woods. And so we were fighting some of that. Uh, and then also, as I'm sitting there, I'm looking around complaining about the wind, but I've got a big drop off on one side, another big ridge on the other. And so the wind, even on a good forecast, sometimes is going to play havoc. And that's kind of what we've been dealing with. Yeah, it was just it was just tough. I was not I would have loved a northeast wind because at least that would have pushed my air away from where I expected the deer to come from. I had a dead north and it was pushing. I mean, I dropped milkweed. and It was going right to the the trail. Like I watched it float down the trail I'm like this. Is, it's over. It's over before it started. Yeah, we've been there, but it's not for lack of trying. Uh, we're putting in the time. But I'm actually hearing from people all across the country that hunting has just been slow this year. It's been very difficult. So it's not just us. And so I guess there's some comfort in that, I suppose. But uh, hey, let's hear some good news. And let's go ahead and get to our interview with Cade Brock, 
for DGD Outdoors and the University of Georgia football. It is my pleasure to welcome Kate Brock to the Coffee and Deer podcast. Kate is a student athlete at the University of Georgia. He's actually part of the national championship football team. He has two rings, as a matter of fact, which makes him quite a bit cooler than the doctor and I, although that's not that's not a high bar to climb. Uh, he's a big time outdoorsman. and He's one of the <laughs> founders of DGD Outdoors, which stands for Damn Good Dog. Uh, and so the description on the website reads like this. It says, we are a player-ran business connecting fans, athletes, and the great outdoors. DGD Outdoors is a collection of UGA football players who enjoy the outdoors, uh, hunting, fishing, and the conservation of wildlife. We introduce UGA athletes to what we know and enjoy about being true sportsmen. Our goal is to promote the importance of conservation and spread the values of being in the outdoors. Uh, that is awesome, and Kate is squeezing us in uh, this evening between some homework assignments and a very busy schedule, which we appreciate. <laughs> so thank you for being here, Kate. and why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity for uh, you allowing me to come on here, and I listened to a few episodes, and they're great. Uh, uh, just you. a little bit about me. I'm from, I'm from North Georgia, Northwest Georgia to be specific. It's uh, near Rome, I would say, is the closest place to civilization to where i actually live <laughs> actually uh there's a small town called subligna right outside of rome it's uh that's where i've actually that's where i live at and i grew up there um kind of in the middle of nowhere it's uh really the foothills of the appalachian mountains in northwest georgia um i grew up there with uh, i got a two older siblings an older brother and an older sister um, I just grew up hunting and fishing my entire life. This is something my dad shared with me, and uh, most of the men in my family uh, are pretty passionate about the outdoors, and we all share that together. So it's just something that has been passed along to me that I really appreciate and, and uh, have had the pleasure to pass along to some other people. And um, I'm a uh, senior on the Georgia football team. This is my fourth season. Uh, you're, I have been blessed enough to be a part of two national championships, like you said, which I'm extremely grateful to be a part of, and it's been a really cool experience, but um, not much other than that, really. <laughs> well, you've already lived a whole life, buddy, not much other than that. <laughs> the doctor and I haven't won anything on our block, let alone the national championship, so... <laughs> Um, it's, it's been a wild ride for sure because I mean I grew up a Georgia fan so I mean I was I was would be a Georgia fan whether I was on the team regardless or not really so it's, it's just been I've been feel really fortunate to just be a part of all of it yeah that's really cool and you can you can be uh on on the team that you're a fan of for sure and so uh you answered one of my questions was how you got into the outdoors and that, that's how you know a lot of people really find their way there but how about this idea for starting DGD Outdoors. Where did that come from? So originally, I mean, originally it just started for me and some teammates of mine to uh, honestly just to find places to hunt around Athens because when I, when I got there, I didn't have anywhere to hunt and I felt like I was cooped up and um, I just needed a, needed a spot really to get out and get back to what I you know was used to doing back home 24-7. So really just trying to find spots to hunt and then one thing led to another where eventually I, I had ended up taking one of my teammates and I always tell this story about Marcus Resume receiver he uh 
he goes, which he's from Miami and, you know, canal and you know, fishing all around him and, and uh, just never had the opportunity or the chance to go really. So I mean, me and him go fishing one day and we don't really have a crazy day or anything, but we catch three or four fish and he, uh, <laughs> he has, he has the time of his life, of course. And I'm, and I was, I was lucky enough to be a part or be there for him or, you know, take it, be a part of that. And the next day we get back in the locker room and, and the first thing he says to me is like, dude, I stayed up on YouTube to like 3 a.m. last night watching fishing videos. <laughs> so that was kind of one of the, that was kind of one of the telltale signs. Like, okay, so, you know, people who, who haven't ever experienced this, you know, they're passionate about it too, just like myself. So I just want to continue to introduce others on the team and anyone else that, you know, has that willingness or want to, to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Like I, I really, you know, have an opportunity here to share this with some people who haven't been as fortunate as myself to grow up around it. And, uh, it's just been a great time showing them. I mean, that's really, that's really the basis of it was just introducing my teammates and, and getting them more involved. Um, that's, yeah. that's how it goes pretty much found. Yeah. That's very unselfish of you. And obviously a big part of what we do here at the national deer association, especially as you know, a young man that you are, I can tell you the doctor and I are both, we're very old athletes but we were athletes back in our college days and but we stayed pretty close to home so we were able to still enjoy our hunting and fishing spots but we did have a mutual friend that uh, he went on to co play college baseball a little further from home and one of the reasons he quit was because he it was cutting into his hunting time so uh, exactly yeah I, I i mean i i definitely understand that i mean with football it, it cuts into my hunting time severely so I, any chance i can get out in the woods i'd try my best too yeah yeah football and hunting don't mix real well i coached football for a number of years as well and it's just uh it's it's definitely not a good mix and uh as the doctor and i can also attest to so i gotta ask you this so when you're getting started and you're starting to kick this around the locker room and you got a locker room full of guys from places all over the country that's right. What was what was the initial reaction? Some of these guys probably never even in their life even thought about grabbing a fishing rod or a hunting rifle. Well, I mean, I think initially there was kind of some like, uh, you know, what is this? What I mean, what I mean, what it, what's even going on? And then it just, I mean, some people jumped at it. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, so some of the guys from South Georgia or some of the other places they have hunted or fished or fished before, so they they were all about it and they wanted. They were like, awesome, you have a spot for us to go. So. <laughs> Some, uh, it, it was a different reaction from everyone, but it's overall, I'd say it was pretty good and everybody's pretty excited about it. And we're kind of chomping at the bit to get out there and see what it was about. So Cade, when did this organization become a little bit more formalized and how did that conversation go? Did it just get too big for you to handle yourself and you wanted to bring other people in or you just had conversations because you have like, you know, for example, I would always go to Nick when I'm looking for someone that I can rely on. So how did that actually look? So, uh, I really, really truthfully, we haven't brought that many other people and I have a, you know, still help me out with the apparel side, you know, making the shirts and the hats and that whole deal. But, uh, I mean, just taking it one step at a time, really, um, I kind of, we kind of knew what we wanted to do with it once we had the, you know, once the, once the following was built, just people started kind of liking and sharing our content of just the guys, you know, hunting and fishing with these, with the guys that 
are coming with me and, and going out to do these things, you know, they already have their own individual following. So the following kind of built relatively quick and um, it's still growing. I, I would say it's still growing pretty fast. So I just, I, I really, we just have the idea to start, you know, we had, we knew we had the traction. So we wanted to start, you know, figuring out a way to, you know, pay for the, pay for hunting trips and fishing trips. So we started selling t-shirts and hats and, and then that led to one thing and, or kind of led to us being able to pay for some of the stuff we were doing, but barely. So we had the idea of creating the 501c3, the nonprofit, through some friends of ours that recommended it. And uh, me and Dan Jackson and Gunnar Stockton, we, we started the, the 501c3 nonprofit, which is DGD Outdoor Adventures. And that's that's really the part that focuses on the introduction of the outdoors to the guys. And we also have a, a, a program with Downtown Ministries where we uh, introduce some kids to fishing and right now all we've done is fishing. We're going to, you know, we'll transition into some hunting and some other stuff like that. But right now we've got to stay on the safer side with just the fishing. And and what that is, is basically downtown ministries is a, it it started 25 years ago as a little league football team. Now they have grown it all the way into a uh, kindergarten through fifth, uh, private school, small classroom private school for inner city kids that is paid through entirely through outside donations. And we've partnered with them and we'd actually take the kids out fishing with the football players and kind of spend a little quality time with them and have a little mentorship type deal. And that's, uh, that's led to some awesome opportunities and some, some great events. So, and some great connections. Um, I mean, as to what you're saying to getting it more formalized, I don't know really. It's just it's kind of doing its own thing, just as as we're going and just taking what you know things one step at a time and trying to just make it and grow it as maximize it as much as we can. So I would say well, it's, it's still formalizing itself, but yeah, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's just a very organic growth, and and that's good because, <laughs> you know, being where you are right now, your life is busy, and so uh, the fact that it is it's taking off, congratulations. But the fact that it's taking off under control is probably a blessing as well. So, um, one thing I heard you say that I I find interesting. I like to know, you, you know, the rest of the story. So talk to me about um, some of those experiences and some of the reactions from your teammates that were provided this opportunity to be uh, like mentors to some of these younger children or younger individuals. And because I find that those mentoring situations are like a two-way street. I mean, I think the younger people is where everyone's mind goes, but I, I believe it's also rewarding to the people that are the mentors. Of course, yeah, and uh, Will Snellings, he's a long snapper on the team, and Drew Bobo, who's actually Mike Bobo, our offense coordinator, his son, he's a center on the team. Uh, last time, just to speak on the last time we went fishing, they're, they're, them two specifically are the ones who came out, and it's also, a lot of the times it creates kind of a, an interesting dynamic, because as you're saying, it's two-way street, a lot of times the players are learning at the same time as the kids, so it kind of creates this dynamic in the relationship where the kids and the player are learning something at the same time and kind of gives them at least a piece to connect on there, but also it's kind of a starter piece to being able to have a lot of other conversations and some of those other things that you're speaking on about a two-way street with mentorship that can be rewarding to both people. Um, that just kind of, that dynamic of both of them learning at the same time kind of creates that 
spark to to have some of those conversations and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely rewarding to be able to do that. I mean, I know that I know that if I was when I was a kid, if somebody could have worked out a way for a Georgia football player to take me fishing, it would have been you know pretty impactful, and I thought it would have been pretty awesome to do. Oh, for sure. So one question, just to kind of familiarize everybody that's listening with Georgia, talk to us about access. How difficult is getting access to places to fish or places to hunt down in Georgia compared to, like for us up here in the north, getting access to, in some situations, can be very difficult. What's it like in, in Georgia? Well, uh Truthfully, we couldn't do anything without the people who have given us access to their to their land or to their whether it be their pond or you know their 15 acres in their backyard with a suburban bow hunting or whether it be you know a, a thousand acres that somebody has access to and has given us access to. We wouldn't be able to do anything without those people. And to start off, it was really just uh, one or two people I had made connections with, whether it be through school or football or mutual friends or. Um, just having those initial contacts to kind of build that network of landowners in the beginning was kind of a rough start, but as you know, like most other things, you meet somebody and then they know somebody and then somebody else knows somebody and it kind of just domino effect. And through that, we've been able to actually have decent success building a relatively large network of these landowners, local landowners. Our biggest thing is really, you know, you can imagine with our schedule, uh, land or finding access is hard enough itself, but also like having access to land that's relatively close because of our schedule is so so haywire and so demanding at times that really our biggest thing has been able to get away and get there quickly, you know, because it might be before time changed uh, after practice one day and there, there's only two two and a half hours of daylight left, so we need to be able to get there quick. You know, that kind of presents its own challenges and. In between workouts in the summer, uh, being able to have a place to go fishing that's not, you know, an hour away or, you know, 45 minutes away, having those spots that are 10, 15 minutes are huge. And um, it, it was a struggle to begin with to find those spots. But like I said earlier, just kind of a domino effect type deal. We met one person and kind of just rolled on into another thing. And now we've, we've got a pretty solid network of landowners that, you know, has have been nice enough to let us come out and enjoy what they have. And we're just extremely appreciative to, that they let us do that because we wouldn't be able to do anything without it. So. All right. So I got to ask you this. Some of your most memorable experiences taking your teammates out who maybe never hunted or fished so far. I saw just very recently, Kendall Milton just shot not only his first deer, but his first three deer. And that was right after he had a career high rushing game against Ole Miss. So um, that had to rank up there. But you have any other kind of cool yeah, that, moments like that? Yeah, that that one that one's definitely going to be a memorable moment. Um, it was just uh, just regardless of the game, but just seeing him shoot those three deer and had never even shot a like uh, you know had had shoot real shooting hours behind a rifle before. You know, other than. Before we got out there and kind of going over the basics, he'd never, you know, he doesn't have years of shooting a rifle, and to see him be able to lay those lay those three de uh, deer down was actually pretty impressive. So uh, that one definitely ranks up there. I don't know. I've had some other good ones. I honestly have to say, though, some of the fishing ones probably was 
maybe one of my one of the big offensive linemen here, Michael Morris, taking him fishing. He's just a, he's such a over exaggerated person, very excited person. <laughs> Watching him catch a big big bat, <laughs> it's, it's probably kind of hard to beat because he starts flipping out and acting like a little girl. So it's uh, that's always <laughs> awesome. Um, one of my, I guess one of my most one of my most fondest memories though would probably be with my late teammate. I mean, you know, past this past year, Devin Willick in, in a car accident. He uh he was from New Jersey and uh, he hadn't done much fishing before ever and took him out one or two times. And he he had caught a few fish the, the first time. And the second time we went out, he caught a, a sure enough monster and just seeing the excitement, you know, on his face during those times. I, you know, I'll never forget that. I always have to carry that with the rest of my life. So uh, just, I've had some great moments and that's just my favorite thing. I'm just have been so fortunate enough to be a part of all these different people's, you know, first fish or first deer or, you know, something that they'll really remember for the rest of their life. So it's been pretty special. I I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, all you guys that are doing this are pretty special guys. Like I said, it's a very unselfish thing to do. Very forward thinking. Not I did. I told Lindsey Thomas, our chief communications officer, who's obviously he's a big Bulldogs fan. I think he's at every game. I said, you're allowed to ask one question, Lindsay. Now, I thought about letting him come on here, but I thought eh, I better not. So it, it, it would be all football. <laughs> But uh, so he wanted to know, have you ever taken any of the coaches out on any of these trips? And he also wanted to know if Coach Smart has been out on any of these. No, Coach Smart does not have enough. Unfortunately, he does not have enough time to get away and go fishing or hunting. Although I think he might should and uh, he probably would enjoy it. But he is a pretty busy man. Some of the other coaches have, you know, Coach Bobo goes fishing a lot. He likes to fish. Coach Searles fishes and hunts. Um, Office line coach, Coach Sinclair. Where I'm actually taking him bow hunting Sunday after the game. So, yeah, yeah, we get some of the coaches involved every now and then, but for the most part, it's mainly players. So, all those coaches, you know, they have the the means of providing their own places to hunt and fish. So, so uh, we uh, we we name and keep it to the players. But no, every now and then we'll go to coach out there. Yeah, very cool. So, Kate, a question for you here is: You're a senior. Um, and your career, you know, whether it be, you know, playing on Sunday or, or not moving forward is going to potentially start to take you away from the University of Georgia. Have you started to make plans to be able to keep this going? Because it seems, you know, that you are doing good work and it would be a shame to kind of you know distance this from the original thought so like what is your plan as you move forward in regards to trying to stay connected with the university of georgia specifically the the football team or do you expect to you know maybe expand this out into other sports seems like what's the, the plan moving forward hello friends i want to take a moment to talk about one of the national deer association's excellent corporate supporters Vortex Optics. Not only does the company sell some of the finest optics in the world, and I'm talking about scopes, binoculars, rangefinders, and more, all of them are backed by the company's VIP warranty. They will repair or replace your Vortex product in the event it becomes damaged or defective at no charge to you. I personally use Vortex Optics and just yesterday bought a copperhead rifle scope in preparation for the firearm season. Vortex also sells top-of-the-line apparel for everyone in the family. And I promise you it's of exceptional quality and there's something for everyone. The holidays are right around the corner, so be sure to visit vortexoptics.com today. 
So that's a good question. Um, actually, that was one of the you know main basis of that we thought of when forming that nonprofit side of it. You know, the being able to have have money raised every year through donations and not having to run money down is the first key factor in and being able to continue this thing once we're going and kind of distance from it. But the most vital step I'd say would probably be um, I have two younger walk-ons, Will Snellings is a long snapper, and then Walter Blanchard and a few of the other guys on the team who are who still have, you know, years left. I'm putting them in place and uh, connecting them with this network of landowners I've built and slowly building those relationships between them and, and the landowners that I've been fortunate enough to meet. And uh, that way they, they can they can keep continuing this once I'm gone and keep continuing to introduce the, you know, Georgia Bulldogs that I haven't even met yet to the outdoors. And, and then it'll be it'll be passed on down to someone else and then it'll be passed on down to uh, to the next walk on and so on. That, that's the that's the idea is that it'll keep being handed down to underclassmen and uh, whoever, you know, shows interest in shows that they'll have time to kind of put towards this that's who it'll be handed down towards but yeah that's that's a good question um that's definitely something that we had to think of and uh kind of put those pieces in place to make sure that something that we've built like this doesn't fall apart but uh yeah just handing it down to the the underclassmen and continuing that's gonna be a big part how cool would this story be is if one of the the younger children that was a um one of the mentees actually becomes athletically blessed plays for the university of georgia and then actually becomes part of this how i mean to have it come full circle yeah that would be wild that'd be really cool that that would be awesome um i know we've been using it you know there's another aspect we can use it for recruits as well you know just a way for the recruits to kind of meet some of the guys on the team or and i know a lot of the recruits at least are constantly dming or messaging and uh, messaging the account, so they, I know that they're, they they know that it's a thing and are aware of it. So I think hopefully it'll kind of have an idea of exciting, you know, something to give those guys something to look forward to once they get here that a lot of other places don't have. So for you yourself, Cade, you're going to be graduating not all that far from now. Uh, what are you studying there, and what are your plans going forward? So my my major is ag business. I actually have my real estate uh, license as well. I got that this summer, so. I'm kind of focusing on land and farm sales. Uh, I might do that. I'm, I'm going to definitely, you know, have to put some effort in keeping DGD going as well and trying to expand that and grow it and, and maximize that opportunity. Um, you know, I haven't quite nailed down exactly what I want to do. I think it's going to be hard for me to just do one thing for the rest of my life, to be quite honest with you. But uh, yeah. but uh, the real estate is, is really has really got my interest right now, and I've been pursuing that pretty hardcore lately, so... Hopefully that'll turn into something and I'll be able to make some opportunities off that. And uh, I don't know. We'll see, really. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubts you're going to figure it out one way or another. I mean, these types of things, it's a lot of times we have people that apply to us for jobs and it's an entry-level job and they've done pretty much nothing other than go to school. And in your case, yeah. you've got uh, your, you know, you've got your schooling, you've got your football career, you've got this going on. So you're going to be well equipped here going forward. But the, the one thing I'll say here, and we're going to get you out of here, um, you know, you people see uh, you all on television. You are you're larger than life. You know, every, all the players are larger than life. Celebrities, like you'd mentioned earlier, that they have followings. You have a following. 
But I will say, just going through some of your social media and even seeing Kendall shooting those deer, uh, you guys don't look, you look, you'll never look more human than in those moments, in those outdoor moments. And so I just would say to you, you're changing lives by doing what you're doing. You may not realize it right now, but you're making real impact. And you're reminding also reminding people that you all are just, you're just kids too out there trying to have a good time Yeah. and you're passing it on. So I wanted to congratulate you on that. And just, you know, like I said, you really are changing lives. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, that means a lot. Um, I think that's, you know, the, the biggest aspect to it is just giving, giving uh, people the, the chance to see these players through another lens and that they're not just, you know, a lot of times they don't ever get to see them without their helmet on. So they don't even know what their face looks like or, you know, much less get to show them that show actual raw emotion like Kendall does after, you know, killing his first deer and turning around and grinning from ear to ear and going for a high five. Like that's a, that's an angle that not a lot of people get to see of these guys. So I think it's important that that message is relayed that, you know, just like you said, we're, we're literally, I mean, most of the kids on the team are just barely kids, you know, uh, just normal kids. So it's, it is kind of weird when, when the outside of the public puts you under different, a different light, but, yeah, it's, I think it's important for people to see that and just know that, you know, we enjoy hunting just like everyone else and we're learning how to hunt. You know, we don't we don't claim to know everything, how to hunt or how to fish. We're still learning just like everybody else and we're just capturing those moments of us enjoying it, enjoying the process and, you know, it's been really cool. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, I hope it catches on at other schools. I hope people hearing this know somebody uh, that can pass this on because I think this could be a national movement and uh, I just think it's just in incredibly well done and so uh, we're proud of you and you should be proud of yourself and I want to tell folks you can learn more about DGD Outdoors it's at dgdoutdoors.info and and we mentioned swag a little bit earlier there's some really cool swag in there like I'm gonna have to get myself a hat and a shirt or something because uh, you all are my adopted Southern team. So I'm, I'm a Penn state fan <laughs> up here. The doctor's a Syracuse fan. Uh, and, and so, but I got several of my teammates live in Georgia. And so it's always go dog. So you're my adopted Southern team. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to get myself some swag. You can also find these folks on Instagram and uh, anywhere else you want to point people to Kate. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, but uh but just really Instagram is where we share most of our content. You know, we're not even, we haven't even really tried to, you know, capitalize on the, on the content side. We're just making videos and content, putting them out there for people to enjoy. So really just Instagram is, is the best place to find us. In. Anything that you do see on YouTube, you'll catch on Instagram. So I guess that's it. And the, and the website, like you said, and we do, you know, we couldn't do anything if it wasn't for donation. You know, we use these donations to pay for whether it be, the, the guy's license the guy's uh gear equipment travel you know gas uh whether it be after we kill a deer the processing fees to clean it you know um whatever it may be you know it's, as, as everyone knows that that hunts and fishes it, it adds up pretty quickly so those donations come in handy and and uh, we definitely put them to good use all right Cade. well thank you so much for being on congratulations on your success and hey uh Good luck here uh, the rest of the way in football season. I'd love to see you get that third ring. Yes, sir. Me too. Hopefully everything plays out the way it's supposed to. and That happens for us. I have to say, Mike, uh, Kate is a really impressive guy. 
um, I didn't feel like I was talking to a college student at all. I felt like I was talking to, you know, a colleague or someone that's been in our business for 30 years. Uh, he had a vision. He and, and he named a few others there. It helped him along the way. And not only just took a few guys out hunting and fishing, started a nonprofit. And man, now they're they're well on their way. They are. And this really is impressive for someone like me who actually deals with college students every day. I mean, I have college students in class every day. And to, you know, what I will say is the way that he was able to, first of all, A, represent himself and his organization was well beyond the years that you would expect someone that's in college. And as you mentioned, sometimes we have to remember that they are young adults, you know, and just out of, I hate saying, you know, childhood, but you know, just out of their teen years and has really committed to a vision and stuck with it. And it has, is having success. And I give them a ton of credit for that. Yeah. And, and we're not talking, I mean, you and I were athletes, right? And so we understand additional demands that that brings, but we're talking about the university of Georgia football team here. Okay. The two time national champions, it's not the same. Okay. No, so, you have to word, add the word elite in there. I mean, you know, this is, yeah. this is, another level this is actually several levels above where you know you and i competed at and to find a, you know to figure out a way to uh do that well in school and and then to build this program it's just a lot i think that's what i'm impressed by the most is that uh you can make all kinds of excuses as a young adult of why you don't have time to do this or that or you can choose your choose to spend your time doing things you shouldn't do uh, but they're doing this, and I thought it was pretty awesome. It seems like it's it's really catching some traction too. So that that always echoes that there's people that are a committed, but they're doing it correctly. Because it, you know as well as I do, as soon as you start to cut corners, things start to unravel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we wish them all the luck in the world, and like I said, I'd love to see this catch on. Uh, and other universities across the country, for sure. I, I want to continue to build NDA branches in universities. And we got a heck of a uh, branch at Georgia Tech. I'm sorry, Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've got Georgia and Virginia, or Virginia Tech, and they're awesome, and they just had their first event. And, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a college student, let's get a branch going at your school. A lot of energy there, a lot of fun. So, hey. I said we would talk some hunting. Let's go ahead and talk a little hunting here as we wrap this up here. Uh, our regular archery seasons, you in New York, uh, mine in Pennsylvania, come to an end here. Uh, actually, uh, tomorrow, we're recording this on a Thursday evening, so a Friday for me, and I think your your firearm season starts on Saturday. It does. And so for me, I got to say, going back to all my years of archery hunting, which I know it's like 30 or whatever, 30 something. I always had like a shot opportunity. This year, I never got a shot opportunity. Now, we still have the winter season. I'm going to hunt in Delaware some. It's not like it's done, done. Okay, we still have some time. But I also got locked up in this situation, Mike, as you know, where going into the season, I had four different bucks that were kind of like on my list that I would be happy to shoot like four and a half years old or older, good racked, nice deer for the Pennsylvania mountains. 
But as the season went on, I ended up with really just one buck. And then there was a second one that came in that wasn't one of the original four that I'm kind of like, yeah, I'd really love to see him get another year. And so really then you're down, you're, you're in a tough year and you're trying to hunt one buck, man, the odds were, were pretty much against me. Yeah. And not to have a pity party for myself, but I had zero bucks, which was a little bit unusual. There's a, I had that long brow time buck show up for one picture and he was a deer that appeared last year during gun season, but he would enter my place pre-dawn and leave post-sunset. And um, then I had him here after the season closed on my food plots. And then he returned to wherever his rest of his home range is. And he came in, did a scrape check. I thought, okay, that's fine. I know he will potentially show up. He's He's been missing in action. I had I had no bucks until October 28th. I had one show up in daylight, and that was the one that he was nape that wide eight point. Um, that I had a chance that he was with a doe. He was actually not chasing her hard, but he was just. I would I hate to use the word stalking, but he was just kind of just following her along, you know, because she was going to be close, and. Um, that was the only deer and the only chance that I would have had to take a shot if I chose to take it. So yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't been a good year for me here at all. And and that was a really good deer too. I mean, I got to see the pictures of it. I mean, a, a great deer, but like you said, it's hard whenever you're not having consistent, it'd be one thing if you knew he was there the entire season, it was just getting the opportunity, but he kind of showed up and almost gave you an opportunity if it wasn't for the property line. Um, but there were a lot of things I think that made it difficult. I mean, I did end up and you got a doe for the freezer. I've shot two doe, but I mean, it was hard. These are the hardest two doe I've ever shot in my life. I passed one up the opening night. I went out hunting, which I shouldn't have in hindsight, cause I had no idea it was going to be this hard, but uh, it was a great acorn year, which makes it harder. The weather and where I'm going to go with this is something that you don't hear talked about a ton, but it has been so dry from a perspective of I haven't been able to hunt some of my deeper stands because I just can't get to them without every deer in the county hearing me. Same thing. I'm going to go tomorrow's our last day and I'm going to go, but I'm picking a spot that I can get to as quickly as possible without having to go through the leaves. And then just some general bad luck. Uh, I had that morning where I said, when you and I last talked, I said, Hey, I'm going to go to this stand and I'm going to do an all day sit. And then I changed only to get a picture of the buck I'm after walking right through where I should have been. So that's just bad luck. Um, I had the deer in Delaware that came in that he came to my call, but came directly to my tree and didn't give me a shot. That's, excuse me, that's just kind of bad luck. And so it just felt like you and I've talked about this. We both kind of felt like that at every turn, there was like another, either an air or some other comical thing that come up that was somewhat out of our control. Well, I mean, it almost sounds like we're having a little pity party for ourselves, and we've already done that, so I don't think we should air that laundry <laughs> here. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just a tough season, and I, sometimes I like those because it makes me recalibrate myself because I hate, you know, I, like at the beginning of the season, I, I kept telling you, I'm like, I have a good feeling about this year. I have a good feeling. I don't know what it is. I guess the good feeling is that, you know, <laughs> The only, I don't even know what the good feeling, I couldn't even take a good feeling out of the season so far, but I did get to, again, meet my goal of I wanted to 
sit on some public ground a little bit. So I did. And um, I kind of like that spot. I need to actually learn it and tweak it a little bit better in regards to where I'm going to sit and when. But um, yeah, it's just it's just been really hard not having the the number, the age class of bucks that I want to chase the right day. I mean, you know, I have work commitments and so I don't have a lot of days to hunt. And so when I do, it's tough when the thing, everything lined up the day before and I had a ton of deer activity on here, I get to hunt a certain day and every, the, the conditions are not good and I don't see anything. So, um, but that's just part of my life. And a lot of people have that same situation. And so, um, I'm there with you. I feel it, you know? Yeah. I think that's why we're having the conversation. So people know like <laughs> this, this just happens. It's part of the deal. And to add insult to injury while we're talking, I got a picture of the buck I've been after walking through one of my plots, uh, where I was just sitting. So, uh, anyway, he's there at eight twenty PM, which is not going to help. And he's been a night walker pretty much all along, but, um, yeah. And so it, it is what it is. It's tough. Deer hunting's tough, but I will say to your point, I do appreciate it too, from a few perspectives. One, it's good to be reminded that it's not easy. And then two, deer are just so cool. Like I had those deer that I said that they disappeared. And then of course the rut comes and I get this young 10 point back that I hadn't seen him. He was on the place the entire summer, all the way up till he lost his velvet and he disappeared. Now all of a sudden he's back. He was there this evening on camera. Uh, and then he'll, he disappears again. Um, and so it's cool to have those bucks that you maybe saw disappear and then come back. And then there's always the mystery of the ones that just completely disappear. And then there's always the excitement of ones that you didn't know about, like the one you had that just appeared out of nowhere. And so I guess that's just kind of the magic of hunting in November. Right. Right. Well, Hey, we're heading towards firearm season, uh, and then a winter archery season. So there's still reason to be optimistic. And I, one of the things I like Mike too, is there's just traditions around this time, like I almost associate the smell of Thanksgiving turkey with the smell of, uh, you know, gun cleaning oil, <laughs> you know, gun oil and cleaning a solvent, right? Uh, it's just, they just sort of go together. And so, you know, going out and picking deer stands and getting ready for that firearm season. Uh, my uncle uh, used to come over to our house uh, right after Thanksgiving for the week. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately he passed away and died way too young, but, um, you know, those are the memories I have and leftover turkey sandwiches in your lunch bag out there on, on opening day. So, you know, at least there's that. I think people still have those traditions to look forward to. Yeah. And I think that's something that whether, you know, we don't, we don't give rifle hunting a lot of love on this podcast just because you and I are not dyed in the wool rifle hunters. We, we will rifle hunt if we need to, which is this year, but, right. um, but in regards to a lot of that tradition that you talked about, yeah, it's been lost be on us because once we got to the age of where we could drive on our own, it, you know, our passion was bow hunting. And I, to I just told you the other day, back when I first started here in Pennsylvania, if you shot a doe with your bow in October, you forfeited your buck tag. So you yep. couldn't even rifle hunt. And I, I was shooting doe right and left. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, there was like so many years I sat out just because I would have rather shot in a deer with a bow than a rifle. And so that's a choice that I made. And so I will have to say, I'm probably one of the world's worst rifle hunters for picking a spot. And so I just don't understand the process of where I want to sit, you know? So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, we'll give it a shot for sure. But, uh, 
Hey folks, a few NDA announcements here. Uh, so reminder, our gear for deer sweepstakes with our friends at First Light, Quiet Cat and Tethered uh, and Performance Outdoors, this is still going on. You do have till the end of the year to get tickets for this thing, but these also make great holiday gifts as well. So you got someone on your gift list that's an outdoors person, you can buy them entries. So first prize is an Illinois rut hunt in 2024 with a celebrity guest, and you're going to have the option of bow or gun. So if you are listening to this and you're mostly a gun hunter, you can take a gun. Uh, and they're shooting some amazing deer. That's that's part of the performance outdoors. Uh, you're going to get a Quiet Cat e-bike and First Light Spectre $1,500 First Light gift card. So you're going to be able to completely outfit yourself with First Light. Uh, also a tethered saddle hunting package. Cut's uh, going to come with the carbon fiber Vader platform and a set of one sticks. Some outstanding prizes. And we also got second and third prizes that are pretty awesome. So check that out. Gear for Deer Sweepstakes. Uh, you can you can just Google that and you'll find it. Uh, also, it is the holiday season here. It's a uh, it's coming upon us. NDA merch makes great gifts. We got uh, hats and T-shirts. We got some signs, which are cool. We got educational posters. Uh, I actually had the site up myself here to uh, look at some things that I'd like to have. And so, yeah, I don't believe it or not. I don't have all the things that we have here just because I work here. There's some things that I'd like to have and buy. So I'm going to do that. Uh, also memberships, get your friend a membership for, uh, the holidays, a, pr a premium membership, or even a life membership. Uh, we're still doing the life membership special where you're going to get a Howa bolt action rifle on either 6.5 Creedmoor or 308. And we these have been so successful that I just found out the other day that we run through our first supply of engraved stocks for these. And so they're in the process of making more, which is a good thing. Uh, so that's been very popular. If you want to do the life membership, you get the gun with it. Very cool stuff. So, hey, folks, with that, the doctor and I want to make sure to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And also, we're thankful that you took the time to listen to the show. National Deer Association, where we are, united for deer. <laughs>